This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. One of his favorite pieces of sports memorabilia is his signed Steve Young jersey. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Matt Morrow, President and CEO of the Springfield Area Chamber in Missouri, to learn how the Holman Brothers provided value to his chamber. Holman Brothers provide a great training for our sales team in terms of just outstanding sales techniques, but maybe even more importantly than that, they were able to provide us with a system, a process that was repeatable. And in that, we're able to see very clearly from one month to the next how the how the pipeline is doing, what prospects are in it, what kind of progress we're making, and what we can do to coach people to success. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Nancy Hoffman Vanmick. Nancy is the Chief Executive of the Greater San Fernando Valley Chamber of Commerce in California. She started as the Communications Manager of the then called Van Nuys Chamber of Commerce and within six years was named the Chamber's first female CEO. Nancy is passionate about uniting people, government, business, and community towards a shared vision. She serves on the City of Los Angeles's Workforce Development Board and chairs its Business Services, Marketing and Resource Development Committee. She was named the San Fernando Valley's Business Journal CEO of the Year in 2021 on the strength of her actions to help businesses. WACE awarded her as Executive of the Year for her outstanding performance as an industry leader. In March, Assemblywoman Suzette Valadares recognized Nancy as a 2022 Woman of the Year for the 38th Assembly District. Nancy spearheaded the creation of the San Fernando Valley's Regional Foundation to advance economic, community, and educational development. She is a positive vision for the San Fernando Valley and actively works to find solutions for businesses large and small. And Nancy, I'm happy to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Well, thanks for having me here. Um, Something interesting about myself. That's a hard one. I don't, I don't always find myself as interesting probably as other people do. Um, well, for 20 years, I was a spinning instructor. So before I would head on over to the chamber office, I would start my day at 530 in the morning with 16 other people and teach them or lead a spin class. Um, I grew up not being athletic at all. So to in my late 30s, became an aerobic instructor was, um, I think, one of my most interesting things. Wow. So you were teaching the spin class while running the chamber at the same time. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. a lot of times um, I got some of those people to join the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it became some of my my best volunteers. Like they're, they become my friends. And when I need help, some of those same people are the ones that come to all of our events and help us out. Yeah, that's great. Build those relationships for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit more about the uh, the Greater San Fernando Valley Chamber, just to give us an idea of maybe perspective, you know, size and staff, budget, scope of work, that sort of thing. 
So we have been around 111 years, and it's a very big deal for us because if you don't know, um, 111 in numerology means good fortune. And we felt that we didn't get to celebrate our 110th anniversary because of the pandemic. So um, we launched this year calling it, it's a grand new year. And um, we've been celebrating all of our past accomplishments and our current and our future, what we're looking forward to is future accomplishments. We have a staff of five. Our budget is around a million dollars, which I'm going to say probably 40% as is attributed to some um, very specific job training grants that we have. Hmm. So, um, so when people go, oh, I can never be like the, like Greater San Fernando Valley Chamber. If we didn't have the grants, we would probably just be a what most what most chambers are within a budget. You know, probably a four hundred thousand dollar range. Um, we have only 400 members. People always think we have a lot of members because we're a regional chamber, but we started in 1911 as the Van Nuys Chamber. We merged in the 80s with another chamber. And because there's 23 chambers of commerce in the San Fernando Valley, which I just want to really quick for geography, the San Fernando Valley is a suburb in the city of Los Angeles. We have 1.9 million people. If we were our own city, we would be the sixth largest city in the nation. Wow. So just to <laughs> put that in perspective. And yet we have 400 members because there's 23 chambers. And um, we have a different focus. So our members may not be the same as all the other chambers. We have some overlap. We definitely focus on a regional approach. So we get a lot of the um, corporate offices in as, as our members as well that really come out and support us. And they support our initiatives. You know, we're trying to shift from that. Um, let's have you support this event, sponsor this event, come to this event to... We have a job training initiative. We have a jobs initiative. We have um, this initiative and see how many people will support us in those um, those themes, those focuses, um, which really helps us build our relationships with the business community. Yeah, no, I like that. And, and it is a different approach for sure, being a regional chamber versus a, you know, a, a smaller community type chamber. Well, um, and we started off as a local chamber. Yeah. In our area, Communities kept changing their name, and and our but our businesses would move into these other communities because the valley is still the valley for us, right. but they would remain a member. And so we needed a name that reflected, like we couldn't just be Van Nuys anymore. And plus, Van Nuys was being chopped up into three or four different communities. And so becoming regional was a big game changer for us. But it took us several years to really embrace what that was and how we were going to do it. We had a whole plan to get there. Yeah. So about how long ago did you guys make that change from Van Nuys to the greater San Fernando Valley? Well, we first went to Mid Valley when we merged in the 80s or Mid San Fernando Valley. Okay. But they kept calling us Mid Valley. That meant we could have been any valley. Right. You know, it didn't matter. We could be a valley in I don't know, Appalachian Valley for, for all that mattered. And so we um, in 2007, we changed our name to Greater San Fernando Valley Chamber. And that's when we actually launched. I think we changed it the year before. But we, it was a it was a slow process to um, really change our internal events because we didn't want to scare off our existing, existing. members. They, you know, um, some of them already freaked out when we moved our office. We didn't move because we were coming regional. We moved because our building burned down. Oh. <laughs> and, yet, <laughs> and yet we couldn't find another building. I mean, we didn't have like time. We needed an office, so we moved to where we are now. And people in that neighborhood were very upset and were like, "Well." There's literally like a hole in the floor. We need to move our office. <laughs> we didn't plan like, for this. Yeah. I don't want to look down and see into the, the into like the hallway or the restrooms because that's what we were able to do. And so, you know, we moved our offices and we already had to go through that trauma. 
And so when we became regional, we wanted to do it in, in a very um, thought out way because we didn't want we didn't want to have any um, issues with the other chambers. We always worked well with them and we didn't want them to think we were coming in and we were going to overtake them. We still wanted to work well with them because local chambers, even if there's a regional one, have a purpose. We all have a purpose in how we serve our communities, whether it's certain certain um, communities or cities or certain regions. And so um, we really had thought it out and how we were, how each year something else was going to take us to the next level. And probably we went for like five, six years with not doing a lot. And then we brought in a new communications manager and she saw the really big picture of it and started changing our narrative, changing how we looked at everything, um, really emphasizing um, how we need to change some of our events or bring in different events. And I think when we did that, everything kind of just naturally shifted for us. Yeah. So I think this is kind of naturally taking us to our topic for our discussion today, um, being a, a regional chamber, collaborating with other local chambers and uh, just other chambers in the region becomes important. So our topic for discussion today is around chamber collaboration. And we'll jump into our, our conversation as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Hey, this is Izzy, publisher of the Chamber Pros Planner, a weekly monthly planner that you can get on Amazon or Etsy. I wanted to give a shout out to Diane Sawyer of the Reedsville Chamber, who emailed me saying, I am loving this stuff. My admin assistant bought me the planner for Christmas before I could purchase it for myself. The responses and feedback I get from my fellow chamber pros are a big deal to me and impact the updates I make each year. If you like physical planners, please check out the Chamber Pros Planner at theizzywest.com. That's the I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-S-T.com. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports. The entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities, too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO 
or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Nancy, we're back. Tell us, how are you going about collaborating with other chambers in, in your region to, uh, to create a, a stronger San Fernando Valley? Well, I don't think I'm just a regional collaborator. I'm definitely a national collaborator. There you and, go, scaling it up. <laughs> oh, totally scaling up. So, you know, I'm a longtime chamber exec, 35 years, and I've always had collaboration envy. I've always seen like some of these chambers come up with a project or a plan and do something. And I was always that person on the sidelines. I was never the leader in that collaboration. I kind of feel when it comes to collaboration, you have like, if you take the chamber three C's, you can kind of put it this way. You have the person who is the champion and they're like, they're sitting at the table and they have a voice. And then you have the catalyst and they take a, a, an active role in the collaboration. And I think I had moved up to being that active role probably 10 years when we changed our name, you know, more in an active role. Yeah. But you could be the convener of their three C's and you could be the one who brings everyone to the table. And that's a big shift, especially if you're working with other chambers or other organizations, business development, economic development agencies, because most chamber execs are pretty strong personalities and we all want to be the leader. So to be able to come to the table and be a convener and have other people who are normally conveners to move the needle takes a lot of patience internally too. So, um, so how did I come about it? You know, I, I look at those three C's and where I was with my collaboration MV, I was always just a seat at the table. I look at, um, so there was, you know, we have 23 chambers of Valley, like I said, and we collaborate on some things, especially through like, I think a lot of communities have like a United, ours is United Chambers, you know, some of them have a regional chamber group. Um, but my big collaboration came from other chambers that were like-minded with us. And in our areas, I mentioned we're in Los Angeles, was like Hollywood, Culver City, um, people who were, were very active in advocacy and economic development and workforce development, issues that weren't just networking and um, just the, the basic of the chamber. And so I'm gonna say that I used to just write on their coattails. I was the youngest of our group and um, I was the kid that everyone took care of, and then they all retired and left me in charge. <laughs> okay. um, and I was like floundering for a while, and I wasn't a collaborator. I was really just trying to keep myself afloat without anyone to lean on, you know? And I had not that, again, 35 years in the industry, there's a lot of people to lean on, but not within Los Angeles for me. And that's, you know, my hub. So, you know, over the years, I just, you know, it was kind of like, and everything around, trying to figure it all out and doing things collaboratively with a bunch of different local groups. And then, um, I'm going to say in 2016, I had a big shift and I was a, it was a shift entirely for me and our organization where I think I finally understood, like you could say you're mission-based, but making the mission, the priority and doing the best you can for your members becomes more important than your personality, your ego, and anything else that it is you want. And all of a sudden, great things happen. So for me, it happened with breweries. Um, I am the craft beer advocate of Los Angeles. Okay. And we, uh, in our area, like I mentioned, we're part of Los Angeles, but the San Fernando Valley had four craft breweries. And as part of Los Angeles, it was a new industry and LA didn't know how to treat it. And what I mean is a brewery was a brewery. So they were paying the same fees, licenses, and taxes as Anheuser-Busch in our yeah. community. 
Doesn't and doesn't really work well that way. Doesn't work well. So like they'd have to do an inspection fee, and the city would show up, and then Anheuser Busch would get in a golf cart, and you drive across eight acres, and they look around. They were charging this brewery where you literally could stand on a step ladder, crane your neck, look around the same inspection fee. And so the breweries came to me, and they said, "Hey, we got a problem. We can't afford this. You know, blah blah blah." And I called a bunch of land use planners who normally would help people, and it was a new industry. No one really knew where to start, and they just said, "Talk to this person. Talk to that person." So I. I brought everyone to the table and I said, I was just angry. I was angry on their behalf. They're small family owned businesses, you know, their cousins, their husbands and wives, you know, sometimes they're called, um, one of them is a bunch of like college roommates, you know, that started oh, yeah. it. Yeah. And I just felt for them because they could not afford a land use planner, but Nancy's not a land use planner, but Nancy's going to figure it out. And I got them all at the table and I was very lucky that someone completely understood the big picture, got us in front of the right person at the city's economic development agency. And I know this sounds crazy, but it took a year, but a year is very fast in Los Angeles to literally get all of this fixed where they could now, um, we got four tasting rooms opened within like, you know, they always were scheduled, like within a very quick period of time, we got the fees reduced by over 50%. We got AQMD, which is the air quality management district to waive all of the fees for all their equipment, which was over $3,000. Wow. And I realized, and the big change for me on that on collaborating was I'm known, known to a lot of these people as a hothead and I couldn't be a hothead. I had to learn to just take a step back and say, here's the problem. This is the solution I need. And once I did that, all these people came to me and wanted to help. And they weren't other chambers necessarily. They were just other people that could affect the change. And I just, it just was my game changer on how collaboration can work. Yeah. So it was amazing. So what do you think it was early on in your career that made you feel like you couldn't be that convener, the the one to gather everyone together? Was it kind of an imposter syndrome or like you didn't have that credential or how did, well, how did you I see start, yourself early on like that? I started off being an, um, the communications manager and then our program manager and I had a boss, longtime chamber exec as well. And so he was really that convener, but I realized I was a better convener than them. I'm definitely good at bringing people together, but I think a lot of it was imposter syndrome. I never felt as felt as secure as I imagined other people. And you know, I can name them all and tell you who they are. And I always felt like I was kind of watching them, but not doing. And if I did a program and, you know, we have many awards and accolades, I never really felt like, did I really do that? Or did I copy that? And then I, the brewery thing was just a whole shift in our whole organization where we thought we can do anything to help our business community. And when that all like, when you, like I said, chambers say these things for years, but we don't actually, and we do them sometimes with other people, but not everyone just steps up and takes up the mantle on behalf of an industry or an organization because we think it's going to be too tough. Right. And sometimes you just have to be fearless and you just have to take that risk. And people are afraid to take that risk with their legislators because they don't want to ruin that relationship. But you have to, they have to, you have to find the right ones who are going to be your champion as well. And we got very lucky because two of them um, joined us and then everyone else, we found all of our city council members love craft beer. So that ended up being super that easy. <laughs> but you know, that was our, my big catalyst though for when the pandemic started and I started a nationwide coalition with my friend Patrick Ellis at the Marietta Chamber to help businesses um, find economic recovery during the pandemic. And it was all those lessons from that brewery um, 
episode that helped me, you know, do to start the Safe Small Business Coalition, which isn't all my collaborative efforts, but it was when I realized that you could pull, there's, there were so many components. One, you, I pulled together people, not that they were my friends, people I admired that I met at conferences that I knew were doers, they were respected, and they had, um, they were critical thinkers. And they were also action oriented. And so we formed a leadership committee and we got together. And then from there, we all reached out. And before you knew it, we thought we had like 39 chambers and we had 200 chambers across the nation. And um, I think the biggest thing part of it was we were having chambers join us that had never done advocacy before. Their chamber might talk about advocacy. They might do some, they have relationships with elected officials, but truly do advocacy, mobilizing their members or their business community to have a voice. And we created toolkits for them. We made it easy for a chamber that had never done advocacy. We literally handed everything to them with like a timeline, everything written out, instructions. They could do all of it. They could do one piece of it. And we were able to mobilize these 200 chambers. We, on one of our letter writing campaigns, which was using one of those systems that you could, everyone goes into a computer mm -hmm. system, we were able in one day to mobilize 8,000 um, advocates. And advocates means people who are writing the letters. So from all those 200 people, that was just the first day, 8,000 people across the nation writing to Congress. Yeah. So from these experiences, from the, the craft breweries to you know, helping with the economic recovery, have you kind of formulated a, a template of sorts for bringing people together to, to collaborate? What does that look like? Um, you know, not I, for me, I think it's really not having to have me as the lead. You know, I'm like, I know that sounds crazy. We all want to be that leader and say, oh, greater San Fernando Valley Chamber or whatever, greater, I don't know, degree chamber, whatever you want to call it. Um, like recently, recently we received a grant for paid to give micro grants to small businesses. And I knew I could do it better. All the chambers have been promoting grants the whole time during the pandemic, right? Help right. businesses. And this is still a recovery grant. And we received half a million dollars, but I knew I couldn't do it alone. And every chamber has members that this grant could have helped. And so I reached out, I sent a big email to a lot of the people I knew from Safe Small Business Coalition, people I've just known from 35 years, all in California, and said, hey, this is another grant. We're not gonna put our name on it. We're just gonna call it what it is. You can promote it as your grant if you want, however you wanna do it. And um, everyone just joined in. Cause I think when you realize that you don't have to be you might be the leader, but you don't have to wear that crown the whole time that yeah. everyone can share the crown. Um, you get a lot further. You, you know, you have people who want to work with you. You want to work with them. Um, I think, I think it made me a nicer person. I know that sounds like so crazy, but I think, you know, I spent a lot of time on trying to prove to who I was versus trying to prove on what I could do for the business community. Right. Well, I think it's easier to get other, in this instance, other chambers on board to help push it and promote it because they can look like a hero too to their members. And it's not, you know, here's a tool from the Greater San Fernando Valley Chamber that we're going to, you know, jump on top of. But it's a, it, it's positioned in a way that they're there to help the business. And it's not about where the credit goes. It's just, we're here to right. help. And we, we promoted all of the partners on it, you know, because we want them to get credit as well. But um, we want them just to, we give them a, 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 we gave them a sample news release, stick your name in here, you know, and, and then we made the website that it wasn't one organization, but there's a partner's page. So everyone has a piece of the pie. Yeah. 
No, and now we're, we're actually coming to it because of them. This is a two year grant. It's supposed to take 24 months to give out this money through all these chambers. We gave out all the money in under 120 days. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, this shows you the strength of what chambers can do when they get together. Yeah, absolutely. So about how many chambers all together joined together for the. There's now the 29, 29 and they're all across the state of California. And, you know, it's interesting. I reached out to, I didn't chase it down because I didn't have time. I needed to get it together. And I got 20 right away. And if people didn't respond to me, they didn't need to respond to me. Because all I'm asking is to do promotion. We just gave them templates to, and ideas. You can do it on social media. You can send a news release. You can announce it at events. We didn't care how it was done. Right. But, you know, through everyone doing it, um, different media picked it up. Because everyone has a different source, right? And so before you know it, all these HR organizations picked it up and all these HR attorneys picked it up. And so, I mean, so even though maybe we didn't get a lot, maybe our individual chambers didn't have a lot of applicants, our efforts had people who had a lot of influence pick it up that helped us give away all this money. Yeah. All those different organizations have their different toolkits that they can leverage and and apply it. And uh, that's, that's great. Really gains momentum quickly. I think you have to bring in people you trust if you're going to do that too. I mean, yeah. if you're like, there's all, I mean, not that everyone could collaborate, but you also have to know everyone's strengths. These people are good at this. These people are good at this. And so at the basic level, like when we did save small business, everyone had different jobs to do, whether it was locally in their state or in their community. And then with this one, it was chambers that we knew that would actually spread the word that weren't, that had someone on staff probably that was doing the newsletter or someone who was doing social media, because if we didn't get the word, if they weren't, if they were just going to put their logo on our, on our thing that wasn't going to help us need to have buy-in yeah no that's good so i'd like to ask everyone that we have on the show um for any maybe tips or action items uh to help other chambers that are listening help you know take them up to the next level um what what might you suggest to to help some of these other chambers that are listening well you know i think there's a few things like I already mentioned, like be a risk taker, you know, be a little bit fearless. But I think that everyone needs to remember to be mission focused. And um, I'm going to just refer to a chamber I was talking to yesterday who had a committee. Who, you know, we all have that, that committee who says this event was, event was great. Let's do it 12 more times. And <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the bandwidth, the money, or they're not thinking about how you're not going to get all the sponsors 12 times for the same amount of money. You're going to saturate yourself. And I said, are these other events the same or do they do they go back to your mission? Because, you know, how you could always manage everything is be mission based. You know, you have a mission like our mission is to promote the economic vitality, you know, of our community. And if it doesn't go to that, we're not going to do it. And so it helps us, one, filter out the things that that we don't have that we don't have time for. And but it also keeps us on focus. And if you stay to your mission and always act in the best interest of your members, you're going to be a champion for your business community. So I want to say that's a big one. And then I think advocacy. Chambers are very afraid to get into advocacy and they look at the the big chambers to do it for them. But chambers can do it at a very small level too. And that goes to back to being not afraid. And on that small level, I'm going to use my concierge service with the breweries. Maybe you don't want to go fight a bill. Although I, I want to encourage everyone to, to fight bills and to advocate for bills that help their business community. But if a business comes to you and they have a problem, you don't always have to refer them out, right? You could act as their liaison and their concierge, and then you become the expert. 
and then other other businesses come to you other organizations come to you and it's such a wonderful feeling to actually see the the success that you've helped those that industry or that business even if it's something as simple as they need a permit we had someone during the pandemic that they couldn't get the city to sign off on something just because everyone was working from home so have, being able to call someone and say hey the sba is not going to give them their loan if this isn't signed off like in right. the next four days and get that done get yeah. to know the right people when i started in the business i went to institute and this is back when you had paper you didn't have a computer and this guy said make a list if you're going to do economic all the key key offices or key players so if you someone needs a business permit on all these different things know who they are and i kind of operate with that like i need to know who everyone is and what what role they play so i know who to call yeah and you and would, so that's good. how you could advocate at the most basic level and i think along those lines with the advocacy if you know using the brewery example um as a as you have some of these craft breweries come to you you may see an opportunity for another business industry that could benefit from advocating for these breweries because they have some kind of tie-in to whatever that that you know piece of advocacy is that you're you're going after, and then people you can get more us, on board. People come to us all the time because they saw what we did with that. And also, I'm going to tell you, I have a beer named after me because of it. So I hey. do. I mean, you know, <laughs> so everyone gets a plaque. You get all these plaques, all these awards you heard, like when you introduced me. You know, really, I rather have the beer. I mean, I'm not know if anyone has ever given me an award. I don't want to say I'm not grateful, but that people can walk into this brewery and it has the name of the beer. It says Nancy's Beer, and then there's the, our story of getting the, the tap room open is really special. So I will say you need to add that to your bio. So next time we can talk about Nancy's I Beer. Should, yeah. I should. <laughs> That's great. Well, as we look to the future of Chambers, how do you see the future of Chambers of Commerce and their purpose going forward? You know, I think we really learned along the pandemic about what we can do. Like, you know, we were closed I mean, we were closed down in some ways, right? You couldn't do your events, all those things that we rely on. I know our CPA used to say, oh, well, we shouldn't do this because that could go away tomorrow. Well, by the way, all our events went away. And the one thing that was holding us up was this thing he told us I shouldn't be doing. Right. <laughs> that was our job training. Because job training still existed, you know, for certain, like manufacturing and different industries that we were doing. So, um, God, what I really think, Chambers need to dive more into workforce development or economic development or business retention and expansion, which those two things kind of fall under workforce development and economic development. And I really um, have a lot of envy for those organizations too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. And so like if I have a friend that's doing something in a different community, even a different state, I want to know how they're doing it. And chambers are great. We all will share. We'll pretty much give it to you in writing. We'll give you our entire package of whatever it is we're doing. You can just fill in the blanks. And so um, how I got on all these other things I've been doing is because there was one person I was kind of following, you know, like follow the leader. And how do I do that in my area? Because they were doing it further down Southern California. And um, I think all chambers, once you do that and you understand how it relates to your mission and how that rela relates to your members, it totally changes your chamber. You know, right. you can still do your network breakfast, but when you're when you're talking to them and they hear you're doing the job training or you're doing this advocacy on their behalf or or doing concierge red tape busting, um, it really helps your business community move further ahead. Right, and that's. The whole purpose of this podcast is to share some of those best practices and 
you know, shine some light on some of those things and then reach out and connect with these people that are on the podcast and learn more about how they're doing these things. So Nancy, along those lines, what would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you if they want to learn more about how you're doing things there in your area? Well, my email is very long. Okay. So let's start with my phone number. How's that? Um, okay. You can reach me at 818-902-9455. That's my direct line in my office. Um, my email. So, and it, I'll, I'll get these both in our show notes. So you don't necessarily okay. need to spell the, the whole okay. email out, but you can say what it is and then we'll, we'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> it's Nancy at San Fernando Valley chamber.com. Yeah. You got a good URL, but it's nice and long. <laughs> we have a shorter <laughs> URL. It's just not linked to our email. Oh, we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. So I'll get those in our show notes. Anyone listening, you know, while they're out walking the dog or driving in the car can can go on and, and look it up there. But Nancy, this has been great having you on the show. Thank you for carving out some time to spend with us Thank and you. to talk about the things you're doing, ways that you're you're building those collaboration efforts. I think this is terrific. So thanks a lot. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Success happens over time, not overnight. It's why Fortune 500 companies and other forward-thinking businesses are shifting to a more continuous learning format to coach and support their salespeople. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching brings the same ongoing improvement opportunity to chamber membership salespeople. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching for your membership pro.